Welcome back. Thanks for joining me. You're listening to Deb Hutton, 4 o'clock on Wednesday-ish. So that means we are joined by Brett House for a series called Dollars and Cents. Mr. House, Professor of Professional Practice and Economics at Columbia Business School and a fellow with the Public Policy Forum, the Monk School, and Massey College. Welcome back. Good to be on with you, Deb. So a group of economists say that Canada is caught in a population trap and needs to rein in immigration numbers significantly to escape it. What is a population trap? Well, the economists from National Bank who use that term are arguing that we have let so many newcomers into the country at such a quick pace over the last few years that most of the savings generated by Canadians has to go to just maintain the capital labor ratio uh, that we've had in the past. In other words, to put enough tools in the hands of workers to make them productive without leaving anything over to keep expanding or growing the economy. And, you know, there's some truth in what they're saying, but it's worth picking it apart as well. Uh, These are the same people who were arguing just a few years ago that high uh, numbers of incomers, uh, incoming new Canadians, uh, was a substantial strength for our economy. Now they're saying pull back. So there's a little bit of a weather vane action there. Also, it's worth unpacking what we mean by newcomers. We need to make a distinction between immigrants, who are the people who come in under our skills-based points system, which has been copied around the world, and temporary foreign workers, who are folks who don't have permanent residency, students, and uh, workers who come in for a defined period of time on a work visa. It's these latter two whose numbers have gone through the roof. And those are not immigrants, and those are typically not people tested to ensure they really add productivity to our economy. So uh, immigration remains a big Canadian strength, but these temporary inflows are probably making things tougher for people in uh, the business sector in anything but very low-wage, low-skill parts of the economy and for people trying to either sign a lease or buy a house. Yeah, I mean, I I think you uh, make a good point. It's probably why we are seeing the federal immigration minister start to muse about um, the number of student visas that they're, they're looking at for international students because those numbers seem to be getting out of control. And we seem to lose track of these students, which means they're probably continuing, many of them, uh, to be here illegally, which, as we know, can be a drain on the system. Yeah, uh, you know, I think you're making some good points. I think uh, it's a bit rich for the minister to simply be musing about this. I think, you know, there's (laughs) a lot of wherewithal for action in his hands. These are issues uh, that folks have been highlighting for years at this point. So to simply be musing now rather than either, you know, putting some really good analysis forward or some immediate action seems to me uh, to be missing the point. I couldn't agree with you more, Brett House. Um, There's another report from an economist that says a a three-month set of results on inflation, the various forms of inflation, is a setback for Bank of Canada and its interest rate setting. Um, What's your take on the inflation numbers and then the big question, the likelihood that we're going to see any change to the um, uh, interest rates next week from Bank of Canada? Well, you know, we just got December inflation numbers, and they ended up being a little hotter than most analysts expected. The headline inflation rate ticked up 
but more importantly, the core measures, which are our subsets of the consumption basket that filter out some of the most volatile prices, uh, which are a better indication of where the trends in inflation are likely to go, also uh, got a bit hotter. So that's difficult for those in markets who are expecting a first rate cut from the Bank of Canada in March or April. Uh, but I don't think it changes the overall view that we are likely to see a cut in rates, policy rates from the Bank of Canada by the middle of this year. Uh, we're running very restrictive monetary policy at this point. Growth is slowing down. Labor markets are cooling. And uh, we have still not seen the full impact of past rate hikes come through. Tiff Macklin, the governor of the Bank of Canada, has also said we don't have to see inflation at its 2% target for cuts to begin. We just need to be more or less assured it's getting there. And that broad trend remains in place. We've always known there'd be some zigzags on the way to it, though. And this was a zig that was not helpful for folks <laughs> hoping for a cut soon. You're listening to Brett House, who's Professor of Professional Practice in Economics at Columbia Business School and a fellow with the Public Policy Forum, the Monk School and Massey College. Uh, as he does every Wednesday, he's joined the rush to talk about all things economic related. Speaking of... Question for you, is it wise to invest in gold, in your view as an economist? And if so, what's the best way? Well, gold is traditionally seen as a hedge against inflation, as a hard currency rather than the paper currencies like the Canadian dollar or the U.S. dollar. Uh, it has a more controlled supply and is thought as a result to be less uh, vulnerable to whims of policymakers. Uh, you know, over time, gold has provided some hedge against inflation, but it actually hasn't done great uh, against the spike that we had uh, over the last two years. Didn't go move up substantially when inflation moved up, and it's no longer really clear what its relationship to the rest of the economy is. Um, those who have advocated for a return to the gold standard that most big countries were on up until uh, the late 60s, early 70s, uh, I think are barking up the wrong tree. If we had been on the gold standard when the pandemic hit, we would have seen a depression, not just a recession, but a depression of proportions on the level of the 1930s. The fact that we can increase money supply when there's a downturn is a feature, not a defect of our economic system. And so, from, from no, a, I wouldn't advocate gold. You wouldn't. I was going to say, from a from a you know household perspective, you would not advocate gold either. No, there are much uh, better and uh, more um, useful things that households can invest in, whether it's uh, a basket of stocks or bonds with an investment advisor that are likely to diversify their risks and produce returns in a variety of economic conditions that would be more appropriate for most Canadian investors. Former uh, Deputy Finance Minister David Dodge and former Liberal Cabinet Minister John Manley say that America is headed for a debt crisis like Canada's in the 1990s. What does this mean? 
Well, what they are anticipating is a situation where markets are no longer willing to buy U.S. government debt, uh, which is issued as bonds in the quantities or with the ease that they've done in the past. That then requires the government to pay higher yields or higher interest rates on its debt if it wants to keep issuing it, or it needs to cut back spending or raise taxes substantially to bring budget deficits into line. Uh, it might be a concern for many countries. I do not think it is a concern for the United States. Uh, the United States continues to be a place that investors crowd into when other countries or other parts of the world are in trouble or we're afraid of recession. And I don't think that's going to change unless we see, and we may, a persistent defect in the US Congress and its relationship with the White House where it's unable, unwilling, or uh, just incapable of uh, passing a consistent uh, set of budgets. And so far, it has a hard time doing anything. <laughs> and an election year, which always makes things a little more difficult. Uh, anything we should watch for as Canadians uh, looking south of the border and their economy? Well, I think the first thing we should watch for is what happens in the presidential election, uh, because a Trump White House is going to be one that's incredibly negative for Canada. Uh, the prospect of NAFTA or the USMCA, as the trade agreement with the US is now known, uh, being renegotiated or ripped up, uh, comes back onto the agenda if Trump is elected. And there is nothing more negative for our outlook than the potential loss of access to our biggest trading partner. So yeah. that's the thing I'm watching for Canada. I had a columnist for the Washington Post on earlier, Brett, and uh, she said, uh, if anything, Trump is more protectionist in his language this time around. Brett House, dollars and cents, professor of professional practice in economics at Columbia and a fellow with the Public Policy Forum, Monk School and Massey College. Thanks so much for joining me to discuss all things economic related. Coming up after the break, guess who's back? Bob and Doug McKenzie. <laughs> 